Welcome to Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. We're here to discuss public policy issues in our home state of Colorado and beyond. Making Action Happen is presented by Action 22. Find out about our organization at action22.org. Now, here are your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. Hey, everybody. This is just a reminder that our annual meeting is coming up this Thursday and Friday, October 5th and 6th at the UCCS Cybersecurity Center in Colorado Springs. This is going to be amazing agenda. We have amazing sponsors to help us out. And our sponsors are. Our main sponsor is XL Energy, but UCCS is also a sponsor and our gracious host, allowing us to have this at their facility. Connect for Health Colorado, IBEW, Pinnacle, Adam Frisch for Colorado, Comcast, Black Hills, Much Government Relations, and AT&T. You can still get your tickets at our website at www.action22.org and see our the agenda for the both days. Yep. So hope to see you there. Thank you. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Making Action Happen. I'm Sarah Blackhurst. And I'm Brian McCain. And I have missed the last couple of shows. And so it's nice. Yep. It's been a while since I've been in here. Yeah. Two. Uh, last two. La- the last two. Got yeah. The, the kid back to school sickness going. Oh, my gosh. I, ha- I had it for a day. I dodged it. <laughs> like, well, didn't quite dodge it. Knock on wood. It just grazed me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and there's that. And then the episode that you did with, uh, Tommy Ferguson was just really, really good. And I was glad that you did that one. I was listening to it and I was a little emotional. There's no way I could have sat here with him and not been like overcome with that. That was such a cool. He's doing really good work. And like I said, I've known him for a while and, uh, still tries to get me to go skydiving every time after that he's like oh skydiving i'm like no i'm fine i'm good but i think our friend paul is gonna go with him oh my lanta of course paul's gonna go well i mean and technically it's not like really with him it's um you jump on your own like he's saying so he's just there for moral support so our friend paul hendrickson is uh he's a veteran and he does a lot of really great work he's the head of the um, Pueblo Veterans Council or something like yeah, that now. Yeah, the Pueblo Ver- um, Veterans Council. Yeah, so he's great. And uh, uh, I'll tell you, he. Um, I know he's gone skydiving before. I am wildly uncomfortable with it, and so, but of course he'll do that again. So um, that was, yeah, that was a great episode. And then um, Ty Winter yeah. was on as well, Representative Winter, and he's he's one of my favorites. He's just such a good guy, so authentic, and such has such a heart for doing the job of representing uh, rural in Southern Colorado. Yeah. Um, so I think that we're going to be working with him for a long, long, long time, even um, long after he is done with the, um, he's termed out, but he's got one more, right? Uh, yeah, that was his first. So no, was cause he's first. every two years cause he's a rep. So he's yeah, he's every two years. Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Either three or four terms. I always forget. I get confused. Um, it feels also, like a really long time. Anybody watching the video, I moved the lights, and it looks like there's shadow people behind us on the video. <laughs> I just noticed that. It's so, shadow. Like, that's like Peter yeah. Pan. I, I'm going to get it one day. We need, like, a bigger space and better camera, but we'll get We've, that eventually. Well, and we're, we're kind of working on that. So yeah. at this time every year, we there's a little bit of a, a – organizational existential crisis that happens and it's around our annual meeting. And I didn't really think about that until, uh, the, the beautiful, wonderful Ashley Valdez brought it up, uh, to me the other day. I was, 
I was having, uh, uh, just well, trying to take a party in here. <laughs> I was lights are flashing. There you go. Um, I was, I was having a conversation with her and, uh, she's, she's always one of those that I go to one of those other leaders that I go to when I'm just trying to get, um, my brain and my emotions wrapped around uh, whatever we're working on. And she said, you do this every single year around the annual meeting where you second guess yourself. And then it turns out to be an amazing meeting. That's completely different from anything else that anybody does. And at the end of it, everybody leaves feeling like renewed and, and they're battery charged and they're ready to do that. And I thought, Oh my gosh, that's so good to hear. And she's right. Every year I do the same thing. So we, so we did that again this year because I think the problem that we have is, um, I'm just, I'm never quite satisfied. I guess that's just the cowboy yeah. in me. So I always look at our mission and say, okay, what can we do more? What can we do better? How do we use the resources or what we've already built and, and do more and, and really take that to the, to the next level? So we always announce what that's going to be and what that's going to look like at the, at the next annual meeting. Um, and you're going to do that, but, uh, it seems like I've done that all three years, the last three annual meetings. (laughs) Well, that's how long you've been with us. So, yeah. So it's, it's something new and it, you know, we push, I just, I just push and push because I, I look at everything that's going on and, uh, I was having a a conversation with, uh, again, one of our board members and, and I just am, I just have such a, a, a relation, wonderful relationship with our board, but Gary Amella, who's a Pueblo guy, but he works for Comcast. Um, I was telling, I was talking to him this morning and I, um, was telling him that I, I was a little bit worried about you because you had several losses this last week. Yeah, everybody did actually. And kind of everybody did. Yeah. It's been a it's been a weird week cuz we've we know every just about everybody I know has had some kind of a major loss this week. Yeah, I chalk it up to age um, cuz it's I always said that you know, you go through high school not to get dark and depressed on our show. <laughs> um, you know, it, you, you go through school like up to high school and generally in your life, um, somebody that's connected to you, close to you, not even close, but like a classmate or something will pass away. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it sucks. And I had to talk to my daughter about it because they had a friend that passed away and all this. And then it's weird because then you go through your 20s. And then when you get to your late 20s, it happens to somebody like one of your friends. Like, right. It, it's always like something out of the blue, like a random happenstance. Right. Um, and, and then around 28, you lose somebody that's close to you. And then it's interesting because then you go through your 30s and every now and then you'll have somebody that, that uh, somebody that's close or a family member, you know, gets sick and passes away. Or, you know, we had COVID that hit a lot of people too. And then when you get into your 40s, your mid 40s, that's when you start to see this more and more loss to these people you're connected to. And it's kind of part of growing old. Right. You know, this is like the first step because anybody, you know, that's older, like a grandparent, you know, seventies, eighties or whatever. Um, they talk about that. It, it's kind of comes in waves, comes in cycles, but I think that really starts 
when you start to see like more loss in your life, like around your forties. Right. When it hits, so. so that it's interesting that you say that because, um, Gary asked me how old you were yeah, and I told him, he said when he was in his mid forties, um, that he had lost, uh, he lost seven friends in oh, one yeah. year yeah. and it was really, really hard. And so he said, well, do, you know, did you, did that happen to you? I said, I didn't lose a, a huge number of friends, but, um, I lost my dad mm-hmm. and then, um, a year later, I lost my best friend cousin, yep. and so I said, you know, it's it is weird that you say that because we that's exactly what Gary and I were talking about in your mid forties that yep. you have this big loss, and then you sort of it sort of kicks you into this. Okay, what's the? Yeah, <laughs> are we I at know. the top of the hill now? I, I, I know. Where does that know go? The, the gallows humor. It's like, well, get used to it. They're going to start dropping like flies. Oh, I know. This I know. But but also too, I you know, really when you hit your forties, is if, if you haven't really taken care of yourself that's when it starts to catch up with you. You know, you're invincible in your 20s, 30s. You start to feel it a bit. But if you don't change your lifestyle, whether it's, you know, exercise, diet, um, stress, bad habits, yeah. stress. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, bad a, lot, habits. a lot of people I know in bands, they, they make it till about 40 and then that's it. But, you know, that's when it catches up to you when you hit like 40, 45. That's when it, it, it's weird because you start to realize you're getting old when you start to have friends that are your age have heart attacks. Oh yeah. And that, that hits about late thirties. You know, that's when I started to see some of my friends and I'm like, well, man, you can't eat Carl's Jr. three times a day for five years and not expect yeah. something like that to happen. But for sure. Um, uh, and also I worked in a bar or owned a bar for a while and you see it with, um, your regulars. That one always trips me out. Cause I'll run into people and I don't hardly go out at all. Like we'll go to, like a restaurant bar type place to, for dinner, me and my wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I ran that bar and owned that bar for about six to eight years, somewhere in there worked off and on before I bought it. And, um, it's interesting because the regulars that sat at that bar, like the cheers, you know, the cheers, right, crew, right, right. um, they're still doing the same thing. And, and I didn't see him for like, five years and I run to him like, holy cow, you have aged a lot. <laughs> but then every time I've been to a bar, they're sitting at the bar in the same, same place, place with the same people drink the same thing. And I, I, that, you know, that's like, yeah, maybe you got to kind of do some self-reflection because it's going to catch up right now is when it catches up. So along that vein, I think there's been a lot of self-reflection um, for my part on, um, not only leadership, because we've been pushing that for the last couple of years. Yep. Um, and it's really, how do we, how do we continue after, after COVID? And so, you know, COVID wasn't, COVID was a good solid two years. It was 20 and 21 and it seeped into 22 a little bit. And kind but, of coming back now, you're starting to see, you're starting, you're to, starting see to see it. a push for going back to some of the COVID regulations. Oh. But I don't think people are, going to accept that no well as it was in the past maybe in some areas but um but But, anyway but i would give it two and a half years it was a two and a half year chunk where we were dealing with this stuff actually we're still dealing with it uh especially with like some offices still operate under COVID stuff or they're working at home more and more oh yeah Um, like federal offices where can't get a hold of anybody for no, your social security. And I have a friend who still, I have a couple of friends that still work from yeah. home. And, and I think, oh my gosh, how, how do you do that? But you know, they say 
like if you have a bad breakup or something like that, where it's kind of a life changing thing, however long you went through it, it, that's how long it takes you to recover. So it would make sense that, you know, we're starting to, it was two years and now we're, we're coming up on the two year mark of sort of that recovery piece. But what I'm seeing, I think that I've seen a lot and noticed a lot and I have felt a lot myself and I know you have felt it in the last, probably in the last year or maybe, uh, maybe even more in the last six months or so is a weariness that you see in leadership. Yes. People are burnt out. They are burnt out. Leaders are burnt out. Um, which is interesting because I, there's some that aren't burnt out that are like holding on as long as they can. But part of that too could be that there's no younger leadership to take their place. I think that's part of it. I think that's a part of it too. Um, (laughs) But they, I mean, everybody, and I've known them for 15 years that may have not been leaders at the beginning, but now are in like these CEO positions or corporate or what do you call it? Executive level positions, um, government, like upper management type stuff. And I mean, you see it on me. My, I think since we started this, my hair is like twice as gray. Oh my gosh. And, I look um, at pictures I know. <laughs> of myself but, when we first started and I'm yeah. like, I am so much older now but than I was. They are all burnt out. Like when I get together with these people, they're just like, I'm burnt out. And one thing I ask is like, well, who's going to do it? Who are you looking at to replace you or whatever? And they're like, I don't know yet. Haven't figured that part out yet. Yeah. yeah. And what's next, right? Yep. So we're talking about right now. I'm older than you are. So right now I'm looking at, um, I turn 50 in December. So I'm one of these people who I, I'm going to own my age. Um, I'm just going to say it. I, I turn 50 in December. And so for a, for me as a woman, I have to genuinely look at, you know, look at the field and go, what's my shelf life? as a woman and how often, like how many women do we know like that are still relevant into their sixties? So I've, I'm looking at it like I've got fifth, I've got 10 years to really make sure that everything's in place because, and the one, the women that are past 60 and are still relevant and still in it. um, I just deeply, deeply admire. But then again, to your point, like how do, what do we, how do we build this and how do we make sure that we're not burning leaders out? We're not burning people out. So they're just throwing out their hands. Cause how many, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but I can, I can give you 10 people off the top of my head in 2023 who have resigned a leadership position or moved on to something that's less stressful. Let's all of those things. So either they've just completely given it up, moved out of state, or they've gone to different things or they've resigned their position. There's a bunch of them. And these are, these are important. These were important leaders. Yeah. But I, I also think that that's with every generation, because I remember talking to people older than me that were in this when I was younger and they had that burnout too. And they kind of had that confusion, like, who's going to replace me? So I don't think it's anything new. I think it's a little more so right now. And I think the COVID stuff had a lot to do with that because a lot of the the leaders, while well, everybody couldn't work and they're stressing out and freaking out, there were the people, like we'll call them essential employees, but essential leaders that still had to work through that. And they picked up like five times the work that they would normally do because oh, yeah. was at home or couldn't come into work, you know, the lockdowns, <clears throat> the, all the fun stuff that we went through with COVID. 
So I think there's always been that career burnout for leadership, but at the same time, I think it's a little worse now than it has been in the past. No, I, I agree with you. So just to give you kind of a snapshot that's not very personal, but definitely um, is a pretty good indication. Um, uh, Rick Klein sent this to me this morning. He's our board chair and he is the city manager for La Junta. He uh, sent me this article from Colorado Newsline. Half of Coloradoans will have a new county clerk for 2024 elections. So think about that. So as we go into, so we, we have a hiatus of one year where there's not, so, I mean, there's still election stuff going well, on. Is that, is that due to them just being there for 20 years and finally not running no. again? Or is this just, they're not going to run again? Or are there term limits in these counties? Or is it just... There was that much turnover in the last election. Wow. In the midterms. Was, but let me go... Look at it this way. Was that because, as we saw in these last elections, a lot of the incumbents lost? Was it for lack of them not running, or was it because they lost because they were incumbents and people just wanted something new? So this is what it said. And this, again, this is from, we want to give the credit, this was from um, Colorado Newsline, that um, is according to a new report from the nonpartisan group Issue one, which studied election official turnover since 2020 in 11 Western states. In total, it found that 160 top election election officials left their job in the past three years since the onslaught of misinformation following the 2020 presidential election. So that's interesting. So they're burnt out. So they're burnt out. They're county clerks that are like. So we had some technical difficulties, i.e. I forgot to plug in the camera, so now we're back. <laughs> okay, so um, so in Colorado, 24 of the 64 counties will have clerks next year who are different than the ones who administered the 2020 elections. About 48% of the state's residents live in those counties. I think, I, again, I think that's because, as we know in that election, it was very... Um, opinionated on both sides of it from like, you know, the election was stolen. Let's see the votes. You're stealing votes or no, they're not doing it. Like it was very loud from both sides. Yeah. And I think the County clerk's job and I know County clerks, they basically, it's pretty stress free job, right? I mean, they run the DMV (laughs) very slowly. Right. (laughs) They're kind of chill. And then they, you know, scatter around an election and it's stressful, but they have that one stressful month of the year or every two years or whatever the the elections cycle is that they're working on. But I think that the last election, specifically the 2020 and even going up to 2022, like I think they were in that kind of stress, you know, dealing with a lot of stuff political stuff, protesters, not protest, just people in general angry for like two years straight, three years straight, four years straight. So I totally do not find them at fault for. (laughs) Oh, I don't find them at fault either. I know my my father-in-law worked in the election department and he quit. um, I think it was when Trump won. It was that election, that presidential election where, um, Trump won the election, he quit two days after. And he said like half the department quit. They were like, we're done. We quit. We're done. Well, but you heard of, of 
death threats and oh, yeah, you heard yeah. of crazy and, craziness and i don't think county clerks were used to that and then all of a sudden that happened well i don't think that so county clerks and the, so these local government officials yeah. are in a weird sort of um i don't want to say bubble but a weird snow globe yes where it shouldn't be a political, there shouldn't be a party affiliation. They should be nonpartisan and that should be a big part of the job. Yeah. But we're moving away from that. You see it with county clerks. You know, we, we're watching this right now with county commissioners. Yeah. Um, all of these things that shouldn't be partisan are turning out to be very partisan. And School so. boards. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. all well, the, the really those- local stuff. I think a lot of it's been partisan, but county clerk, the way I look at it, like the coroner is like really the most nonpartisan office because nobody wants to see the coroner. And, and why is that elected? But it is a partisan. There, There is a reason for why um, the coroner, coroner can't talk today, is elected. And I totally forgot it, but um, yeah, because we, we looked, looked it up. This up. Yeah, we yeah. looked it up. There's, there's a purpose for why that's an elected office. But when you get into like the sheriff and the even the county clerk and some of these like the county assessor stuff like that. And I think those should be nonpartisan. Like city council's nonpartisan. The mayor's nonpartisan. Right. I mean, obviously there's partisan politics, with right. it, but it's a nonpartisan race, but it's interesting that, you know, the head law enforcement guy or girl for the community is a partisan race because I don't think politics should come to play with how much my property's worth. Um, how the no. budget is managed and how the laws are enforced and how an election is run. I think those should be really nonpartisan, but they're not. And I, again, we looked it up for the coroner. And, I can't and, remember. And I, I think that that's similar for the sheriff and everybody else that um, there's a reason for it. And I can't remember. I'll look it up and post it underneath. But Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. But but it even it, but we're even seeing a, a departure, a lot of departure from the nonprofit, the non um, or non-elected officials are struggling with just trying to keep it together um, yeah. from that leadership position and really knowing how to uh, bring in the, you know, raise up the next group or, or how to do that in a way that uh, is effective. And uh, I think, and I've got to say, it, I think the other part of it is we've gotten into such a, uh, such a quagmire with identity politics and and political correctness and wokeness that I think there's a fear of even trying to um, help somebody move on to the next thing. So yeah. because no matter what you do, you're going to be wrong, and then the yeah. rules are going to change next week for so you. So anyway. I want to see. So that's an elected position. I want to see what the turnover rate for city mount city and county managers is. Right oh, now. it's huge because that's. That's either appointed or it's just a normal job application, but it's still usually confirmed by the commissioners or the city council or mayor or whatever. Um, I want to see what the turnover of that is in the past five years versus. The yeah, that's like a really, that would years. be a really interesting, but I know, oh, somebody told me not too long ago, maybe it was Rick that told me that there were something like, uh, I mean, it was an unbelievable number of city manager or county manager positions that were open in oh, Colorado yeah, it, and then nationwide it was because they were trying to recruit people. We know a couple of people that were trying to, they tried to recruit them out of Colorado to go to other States. Well, yeah. And so, and 
as soon as you get them to a certain le- a leadership level, that's the other part too. Yes. As soon as you as soon as you develop somebody, somebody is gonna. Mm-hmm. There's such a need for that skills, that skills part. So this was my big idea is um, I wanted us to have a, a genuine conversation about how to um, really charge the battery of leaders and mm-hmm. make them understand. So the, the theme of our annual meeting this year is why your leadership matters. Now, we've got some really cool things going on around that. Um but I'm going to say the the big headliner, the thing that I'm most excited to announce and and make sure everybody knows about, is we've got Adam Frisch as our keynote speaker about energy because you've heard it on the show before. I am in the middle of all these energy discussions right now, and I am not an expert. I am not a any kind of a physicist. My degree is not in that, but because uh, energy policy is such it's so impactful, but in Southern Colorado, it's the whole game, right? Yes. And the thing about Adam doing this is kind of the keynote speaker is he's in an interesting position because he is running for Congress. He is a political candidate. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the most nationally watched races. <laughs> the right. District, the number one issue in the district is energy. Um, he comes from the side of the aisle politically that has not necessarily seen eye to eye with the district when it comes to energy policy. Mm-hmm. So he's really done a deep dive, done all of his research, knows more than most. Like from when he started running, when he first came on the show, like he is night and day different about what he knows and understands about energy, energy policy and how it impacts specifically rural Colorado. But again, he's in a weird spot because I think a lot of his views kind of contradict the political side that he's running on for office. So let me say this, and I unapo- I am unapologetically, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not. No, no, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. It's, uh, yeah, I'm unapologetically fiercely nonpartisan, and anybody who's worked with me at all knows that. But uh, Adam and I were having a conversation not too long ago because I really. I was so the first time that he was in and did the show with us and we Mm -hmm. didn't know him very well. He, he talked about what his view was on energy or what his position sort of was. And it wasn't like officially, here's my position, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, this is, this was his theory or for his philosophy around energy. I was so taken back by what he said. I was speechless in the middle of the show. Do you know how often it happens to me that I'm speechless? Like almost never. So then we had him to come back and talk a little bit more about it. But uh, oh, a couple months ago when we were, try- I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with the annual meeting. Uh, Adam and I were talking and I said, you know, I really want to have this energy conversation and I want to have the tough energy conversations, the one that nobody else is brave enough to have. I want to be talking about this. And he said something to me that I carry around and I think about it every, almost every single day when I'm talking about energy with somebody. And he said, the problem that we have with energy policy is we don't really have a strategy or plan in Colorado or the country that's, that's reasonable. But this is what he said that I carry around. He said, one side can't wrap their brain around the science and the other side can't wrap their brain around the math. Mm -hmm. And until we have that conversation and get both sides to wrap their brain around both the science and both the math, we're going to be in a lot of trouble real quick. 
Yeah. And, um, I totally agree with that when he said that it's like, that makes perfect sense. And part of it too, is that we have, I mean, our, our main sponsor for the annual meeting is Excel energy right? and we're doing an energy panel and for the producers, the energy industry in general, um, they have to be really careful about what they say and what they put out there. So it's hard for them to have that conversation. And I think Adam coming in and doing this is both as a political candidate and somebody that's vested in this and has researched it, it is perfect to have because he could say whatever he wants. He can say whatever he wants. And for good and bad, he could say something. But he's going to be honest about it. He's going to say, be honest. He's going to be, and I want him to do this now because I don't know how free he's going to be to do that once the campaign actually yeah. starts. Yeah. And so, he's, and he's been a great supporter of action 22. Oh my it's gosh, not, yeah. It has nothing to do with the race that he's in. I've known him even prior to action 22. And, um, he, he just, he likes what we're doing and he's been very supportive of us. And he thinks that what our mission is, is very important for rural Colorado. Well, and I think he likes it because we are so nonpartisan. We're going to, yeah. we're going to address the issues and not serve parties. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing that I think, that I hear. So one of the great gifts that we have in being in what we do in, and being action 22 is that we get to have real honest conversations with a lot of, a lot of leaders elected and non-elected. And one of the things, and I mean, I think we take it for granted, honestly, we, we ask for advice. We, um, we are asked for advice a lot. we, we have the, these conversations and we have them with both sides. And I think the thing that I hear um, that's a contributor to the weariness more than anything is that it's, it's impossible to, to do that, to be in those positions without also having to try to serve parties. So you're really, you know, you can't, you can't ride two horses with one ass. And so serving communities and serving the party and getting into the position of leadership, that is exhausting. Yes, it is. And no matter what, there's always people who are going to try to play the game, try to gain the advantage. And the thing that I have the hardest time with is, um, you know, the, the need to add burden to our, to our local leaders and to our communities and these guys are not in it to be the big star. They yeah. are genuinely serve. Our rural leaders serve because they love their communities. I agree. So <laughs> with that, um, again, just a reminder, our annual meeting is coming up this Thursday and Friday. Starts at noon on Thursday and, and ends at 7. We have a reception from 5 to 7. So right. it's noon to 5 and then reception 5 to 7. And then starts up again um, Friday morning at 8 a.m. and ends at noon. So you're out by lunch. So let me tell you. Uh, oh, talk about the venue. Um this is really cool. Yeah, we did yeah, we yeah. did something a little different this year. So we're having it at the UCCS Cybersecurity Building, um, and what it is is it's the Kevin O'Neill Cybersecurity Building. Yeah, but it's the Center. National Cybersecurity Center. Cybersecurity Center, um, and it's with UCCS. We're having it in there. Uh, people will be working in there while we're in there. So we're actually there's classes going on. There's companies working. Yeah, and we're going to have it there. It's going to be a blast. Um, we're going to offer tours to anybody that attends. <laughs> 
and then the reception will head over to the NT building or Ant. Is it Ant yeah, or it's Ant? Ant. It's Ant. Ant. Like, I never know what to say, and I've heard it both ways. So for a little psych reference it's for anybody Ant. out there, I've heard it both ways. Um, so five to seven, we're going over just up the road to the Ant Performing Arts Building at UCCS and uh, we'll have some drinks and some hors d'oeuvres and yep. some refreshments and just network. And then we're kicking it off the next morning with a breakfast. Eight. This is really, really cool. Wes Parham is putting together a, and he's Wes is with pinnacle and he's putting together um, an amazing education to work breakfast. He's there's a coalition that he's put together and he's bringing in some really cool people. And I don't know everybody, but I'm hearing what he's, doing and so we'll have that breakfast the next morning then we'll have um, some discussions about leadership or about uh, energy oh and we're also having on thursday there's a um, a discussion on prop hh both sides i'm getting calls multiple calls a day where's action 22 on this we're not going to take a position until after we hear both sides at the annual meeting and then our board will take a position after that which if you are a locally elected leader county manager city manager county commissioner (laughs) you have to listen to this. Yeah. And I think I'm going to try to film some of it or live stream it. So that'll be the one to watch. This is going to be all your facts and pros and cons about HH because this gets brought up in every conversation we have. Yeah, right now it's it's such an important issue and it's it's got such sweeping uh, effects and you better know what you're voting for or against yep. on that. So if you want to learn more, again, it's this Thursday. It starts this Thursday. This, If you're listening to this on Monday, um, Thursday, October 5th, and Friday, October 6th, uh, go to action22.org. It's right on the landing page. You can get your tickets there. There's multiple options depending on what you want to do. If you just want to go to the reception, you could do that. If you want to go to the everything, you can do that. So just go to action22.org, email us at show at action22.org if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, concerns. And if you want to join Action 22, shoot me an email at that as well, or just go to our website. And um, just since we got to do it, it's that time. And I did it on the last one um, and the one before that. Uh, the views and opinions on making action happen do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Action 22, its right. board, or its membership. And we do not endorse candidates in an election, but we support our members. And if you're a, an Action 22 member running for office, you have an open invitation to come on the show and tell us what you're about. Um, one more thing. I, I have to give a shout out to um, Comcast and, and Dwayne Nava. Um, I was deeply honored to be asked, and I will be moderating the Pueblo City Council council debates and the mayoral debate um, <laughs> while, the reception, 5th, while the reception while the reception is going meeting. on yeah during the reception um, Brian and, and Micah and uh, William Much and Sally Clark and all of our amazing uh, folks up in Colorado Springs will be hosting that William Much is, is hosting the uh, the reception but I will be down here um, doing those debates and it's it's going to be interesting and you will uh, if you're not at the reception with us you can watch those debates on the PCC channel I think So um, you'll be able to live stream that. Um, And I was just wanted to give a shout out to those guys for putting all that together. And, and again, deeply honored to be asked to be the moderator for that. So with that, we'll get back to you right after the annual meeting. All right. See you then. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to making action happen. Be sure to join your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain, for another edition of the show on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.